Let's get right into it. Would you stand with me? He told him another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit. I pray, Father, that you would quicken our hearts, quicken our ears and our hearts and our lives so that we would receive what you want to say to each of us today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. The kingdom of heaven is like, you know, size is a, is a, relative, uh, is a relative thing. It's a, matter of per, it's a matter of perspective. If you're an electron, which none of you are, but if you were an electron, a proton would be a huge thing. Yeah. If you were a molecule, uh, then a baby would be a huge thing. Seriously. Yeah. And when you're a baby, a person who is in the first grade is like, Godzilla or something. And, 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 when, and when you're a child, an adult, I remember being 10 years old and looking, I mean, um, it, it's amazing that a Pentecostal preacher's house had a bar in it, that, but, but it didn't, we didn't, only food got served on it, but it was a bar. And, and my, uh, my, my uncle Philip was sitting across from me, kind of like, I remember as clear as day, it was like this. And I was looking at his arm and I was going, my arm will never be that big. That's, that's as big as my thigh, it, and, and it, it was. Um, to really get our heads, though, spinning around uh, something, let's talk about the universe for a second, okay? Um, we happen to live in a solar system. How many of you know that? We got a, we got a solar system here? Okay. How many of you went to school? Okay. And uh, the center of the solar system is a, a, a yellow dwarf star that we call the sun. And it contains 99.8% of all of the mass in our solar system. And Jupiter contains most of the rest of it. So you know what that makes the earth? Itsy bitsy teeny weeny. And if you can complete that, you're older than dirt. And so we live on this itsy-bitsy, teeny-weeny place. Our solar system, uh, to, to give you some idea of perspective, if our solar system were the size of your hand, okay, then the Milky Way galaxy in which our solar system resides would be what? What do you think? I mean, if, it were the size, if the solar system were the size of your hand, the Milky Way galaxy would be the size of what? this room maybe, huh? The uh, maybe Rutherford County. Yeah. Hmm? Try North America. Yeah. So, yeah. And so the Milky, the Milky Way galaxy would be the size of North America. And we're not just talking about the United States. We're talking uh, uh, Canada and Central America and uh, Greenland and Mexico and the United States and a few islands thrown in there. So because our solar system, the Milky Way galaxy is not very big. It's only 100,000 light years across. It's a, it's a small 
It's a small galaxy as galaxies go. Now, you know what a light year is? That's how, that's the distance. It's kind of strange that it's a distance because it sounds like a time measurement, but it's kind of both. It's the distance that light can travel in a year. And light's pretty fast. If light were at the combine, the NFL combine this week, <laughs> somebody draft that sucker. Uh, we launched, a, uh, we launched a, a sports car to Mars uh, of, about a month ago. Yeah. And uh, in, le- in, in about 10 months, it'll be there. It, it takes about 300 days uh, traveling uh, as fast as spaceships travel to get from, yeah. If it, were, if it were traveling by light, it'd get there in three minutes. So, I mean, light, light's pretty, pretty fast stuff. Uh, and, and so... Our galaxy, our, our, little, our little galaxy is, is, is 100,000 light years across. It's little, though, uh, and, and the universe contains over 2 trillion galaxies. That's two with 12 zeros behind it. You know, I'm, I'm getting weirded out. I don't know about you. Uh, the universe itself is some 91 billion light years across. That doesn't even mean anything. It means absolutely nothing to me. Um... Over time, our perspective changes about size. Do you remember how large your room was when you were a kid? Have you gone back and seen a room that size since? You remember how large your yard was? I remember when we first moved to Millersville, our yard, our yard was indescribably big. And it was almost a quarter of an acre. I go back to look at it these days. Uh, the world, the world is impressed with big. Uh, the world, the world likes, the world likes big. This is, this is, uh, this is Jerry's world here. How many of you, uh, Jerry's world, it's AT&T Stadium. It's in, I can't remember the name of the city. They got a football team. Um, huh? Lexington, Kentucky? Oh, all right. Arlington, Texas. Okay. Yeah. It it costs $1.3 billion. It's 350 feet tall and it is minuscule compared to the, to the Grand Canyon. You know, and the Grand Canyon covers almost 2000 square miles. Uh, the elevation changes in it are, are, are over 7,000 feet. That's tall. That's a lot. Uh, and it is puny compared to the Pacific ocean. Which, has, which, which covers more, uh, more square miles than all of the land masses on earth put together. A- and the, uh, a- and the, the average, the mean elevation within the Pacific Ocean is 14,000 square feet. So, you know, that's, that's taller. That's, that's twice what the Grand Canyon is. And at the deepest point, it's 35, almost 36,000 uh, feet in the, uh, in, in the Marinara Trench. Ah, pretty big stuff. Of course, the world also understands that good things come in small packages. As long as those small packages are a big deal. <laughs> if the small package isn't a big deal, then it's just a small package. This is the Hope Diamond. Actually, it's not. It is a picture of the Hope Diamond. <laughs> if it were the Hope Diamond, we wouldn't take up any more offerings. Actually, we would because we don't take up offerings because we need money. We take up offerings because we need to be obedient to God. That's why we do that. But anyway, it's a hope diamond. Uh, it, 
It's 45 and a half carats. Do you know how much 45 and a half carats weighs? It weighs almost a third of an ounce. My, my, my youngest grandson could hold it in his hand. And he would throw it. I promise you that he would. Both, both of them would throw it. Either one of them would. You want to play ball? Uh, but it, it, it's insured for $250 million. That's a quarter of a billion for those of you who like to, to think in those. It was owned by Louis XIV for crying out loud. You know, it's, it's, a, it's small, but it's a big deal in terms of the, terms of the world. And because the world is so impressed with a big deal, it causes us to disdain things that seem to be insignificant, things that, that seem to be small. But hopefully we've learned by now that the world looks at things one way and the kingdom of God is something else. The, the world is what we're, we're sort of indoctrinated into. It's, what we're, it's how we're taught to think and how we're taught to look at things. But the kingdom of God is, is something different, and we, we need to actually pay attention to that. It's not just about getting our foot into the door and, hallelujah, I'm going to heaven. No, there is, there is a kingdom that we need to live in, and if you're going to live in it, you've got to learn to look at things the way the kingdom looks at things. And so the kingdom of heaven is like it's like a mustard seed. And it actually started so small. It started with a promise. It started, started in Eden. Uh, the, the promise was uh, there's going to be one who will come. And the serpent will bruise his heel, but he's going to crush the tempter's head. And then it moved on to, a, to, a, to another promise over in, over in Genesis chapter 22. That's the one where Abraham took his son Isaac and, and was going to sacrifice him on the mountain. And as they were going up the mountain, Isaac goes, uh, Dad, we, we, got the, we got the wood, we got the fire, we got the knife. Where's the sacrifice? You know, and Abraham goes, God himself will provide a sacrifice. And that answer has so many layers in it. Because for one thing, Isaac himself was provided by God. And boy, did Abraham know it. But he provided a sacrifice that day, a different sacrifice. And he provided a sacrifice ultimately. And throughout the Old Testament, we see God delighting to use the small, the insignificant, to, to do incredible and powerful things. Uh, an elderly couple, barren couple. Abraham and Sarah, he was 99, she was 90. There was a day when he robbed the cradle, but by that time it didn't matter anymore. And, but they had not been able to have any children, and, and they did. Because God had made a promise back in Eden that said there's going to be one who's going to come forth who will crush the serpent's head. Two brothers, Moses and Aaron, all they had were staffs, and, and, and they, they stand against the greatest political and military power of the day. Let these people go free. And they, and they won. They did. God, God is, delights to, to use those small things. We love the story of David and Goliath. We love the story of the, you know, the young shepherd boy. He's got a sling, and he's going against a nine-foot-tall, trained, armed warrior. And Elijah, standing against 950 prophets, prophets of Baal, prophets of Asherah, calling down fire out of heaven. Woo! Paul, Paul states it very clearly, very directly over in 1 Corinthians 
Uh, he says this, God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of the world, the things that are despised, the things that are not, to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. And when the, and when the kingdom of God was finally manifested physically in the world, when that one finally came forth, he came forth as a, as a baby. He actually started as the embryo in the womb of a virgin, born to, born to humble parents, became refugees. Fortunately, there was a country to take them in. And the only, the only reason they were able to escape was because they were so insignificant. That's why they could escape the notice of the authorities of the day. And he, became a, he grew and he became a teacher and he rose to prominence and probably at his height he had over 5,000 people listening to him and then he messed it all up and crashed and burned. In the world's eyes. He's yesterday's news. He's toast. He's history. I mean, he used to have 5,000 coming. Look how many he's got now. And so he ends up dying on a cross, being risen from the dead. We heard those testimonies. Left about 120 obscure uh, followers waiting and praying in, a, in an upper room. And since then, the kingdom of, kingdom of heaven's kind of had its fits and starts, but over 2 billion people call on the name of Christ. Today. You know, mustard seed kind of starts small, but it ends up being the greatest, the largest. Well, perhaps size really isn't all that important, though. I mean, when you get right, when you get right down to it, it's not just about size. Kevin and Sherry O'Day had a baby uh, this 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 weekend. Uh, well, Sherry had the baby, uh, but but you know, Kevin was involved anyway. Uh, when that baby was born, and and they first held Nora in their arms. I seriously doubt that they thought, all my hopes and dreams for this child is that she gets big. Want this to be a big girl, seven feet tall. She'll get scholarships and all this kind of stuff. I want a big baby, you know. Uh, no, big probably wasn't one of the adjectives that entered into their mind when they went, what, are, what do I really want? What, what, what do I really hope for this child? See, the kingdom of heaven is not only like a, a mustard seed that starts small and becomes big. It's also like yeast. And, and I don't know why I didn't notice it before because I've only read it several hundred times. But uh, as I was reading, a, a woman working yeast into 60 pounds of dough? That's a big woman. Yeah. <laughs> Just let me tell you, that'd be a big man, you know, 60 pounds of dough and working, working this little bitty yeast into it. Uh, it doesn't matter how large the batch of dough is. Once the yeast begins to be worked into it and it finishes its job, the whole thing is transformed. And that's what the kingdom of heaven is like. The analogy breaks down somewhat because, um, you know, in, in the natural, there are things that can stop that process. There are things that can, that can kill the yeast and temperature and things like that. And the world, the world tries to kill it in us. 
when, when that process begins in us. But this is no ordinary baker who is mixing dough, uh, yeast into, into the dough of our lives. Uh, Philippians 1, 6 says this, I am confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. You believe that? You believe that? So what do we do? Do we do, we do nothing? No, of course not. There's three things we need to do. We need to give him permission to work in our lives. Understanding that when you give him permission and he starts working, he doesn't quit. Give him permission to work in our lives. Be obedient and entrust that this is true. Because it is true. Give him permission, be obedient, trust. That's what we do. You kind of go, well, that, that doesn't sound too hard. <laughs> it, can be, it can be hard at times, but that's, that's, what, that's what the work is. And he, he, knows, he knows how to do it. Peter, uh, Simon Peter had courage, but he, but he had the title kind. Is the kind that kind of comes and goes. There would, there would there'd be days when he'd be courageous and days when he wouldn't be courageous. You know, he's the one who got out his sword. Uh, he, he, all, all these guys have come to arrest Jesus. Peter gets out his sword and goes after him and cut, cuts one of them. I mean, you know, now that's brave, right? The same night before the night was over, he's going, I don't know him. I know him. See? So that, that's, that's, the kind of, that's the kind of courage that Peter had, you see. Uh, and even after, even after, and by the way, I just, I just knew I need to throw this in because I, I think it's something that we need to hear. Uh, that next morning when uh, Pilate asked Jesus uh, if he was a king, Jesus said, you're right in saying I'm a king, but my kingdom's not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my followers would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jews. But that's not where my kingdom comes from. And, you know, that guy who cut the guy's ear off, he doesn't, he doesn't get it yet. He will. But he didn't get it yet. And a lot of us don't get it yet, quite frankly. But we will. Uh, and, then, and then on the day of Pentecost, Peter gets up and he boldly proclaims the, the gospel. But then later on, I mean, he's the apostle Peter for crying out loud. And later on, he goes to, goes to Antioch and he's, and he's hobnobbing with the Gentiles. And, and some, some of James' uh, men come and... Uh, Peter's afraid of them, so he withdraws from the Gentile, so much so that uh, St. Paul got in his face. And, and if there's anybody you don't want in your face, it's Paul. But ultimately, see, Peter didn't give up. Peter didn't stop because there's yeast working in his life. And it was transforming him. And by the time he got to the end and they were going to crucify him, you know, it, it, there was no kicking and screaming. There was no, oh, I'm, uh, you know, maybe not. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know him. There was just simply, I'm not worthy to die the way my, my, my Lord died. I want you to crucify me upside down. A work had been done in his life. And, and he doesn't do it the same in everybody's life. There are, there are, but he knows how to do it. See, we get, in, we get in trouble because we kind of go, well, that's how God did it in my life, so what's wrong with you? You know, that's how he should be doing it in your life. That's not, that's not necessarily the way it works. Even in my own life, there are different things. When I came back to the Lord in my mid-20s, uh, I, was a, I, was, I was a pretty heavy smoker. I mean, like a chimney was, was sort of the description that people would use. And, uh, and, and when I came back to the Lord, I, I really felt like I, I shouldn't, be, I don't need to, I shouldn't do this. 
Now, this isn't something I need to be doing. And, uh, and I tried. You know, I tried. You know, flesh, I, I gave, it, gave it everything the flesh could, could give it. And, uh, you know, I would go hours without uh, smoking a cigarette. But that's about as good as I could get. And, and then finally, I, kinda, I, I finally got to the place where I was just getting disgusted with this. I was going, Lord, I want your fullness in my life. I don't think I can do it as long as I'm, because I feel like this is sin for me. And uh, will you take care of it? Boy, did he ever. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I'm just so stupid that I had three cigarettes after that. But I know when all three of them were because I was in bed for two days sick after each one of them. And you know what? I don't want any more cigarettes. And I wish God did every issue in my life that way. He didn't, but, you know, sometimes you get one of those. That's just great when it happens. This is a penny. It's a penny laying on the ground. And uh, it's about as insignificant as it gets these days. But I always pick them up. Dirtier they are, the more definite I'm going to be to pick them up. Because it's me. It's me. I, I'm residing here on this planet that is itsy bitsy teeny weeny in a solar system that if it were the size of a hand, the galaxy we're in would be North America. And it's a tiny little galaxy because 100,000 may sound like a lot, but it's not compared to 91 billion. And the God who holds it all knows my name, knows the number of hairs on my head. That's getting easier to know every day. <laughs> but more important than that, he reached down and he picked me up. So I can do something with this. Yeah. World sees a, 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 a penny, a, a dirty penny. God sees a mustard seed. God, God sees... God sees something that can use, that can use a, little, a little yeast. Philippians says this, and it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing, and I just want to say that it's not actually in parenthesis in the Bible, but I put it in parenthesis because we don't want it there. <laughs> then you will shine like stars in the sky. I uh, scattered a bunch of pennies around the church yesterday. Uh, I even put some out in the children's hallway. And uh, um, unfortunately, my grandsons came later in the day. And uh, <laughs> Jack found all of them and wants to save them up to buy Girl Scout cookies. Uh, but, but yeah. Yeah, you got one. Here's the thing. Uh, you know, in the, uh, yeah, in the early service, a bunch of people found it. If you find one in this service, you, f you found something unique. But I'll tell you what I told people in the first service. Keep it. Don't throw it away. Keep it. Carry it with you. Because it's you. <laughs> 